Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Well, hello there, listener. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I am excited to welcome Dave Blanchard, editor-in-chief of EHS Today, of which I know many of you are probably subscribers. EHS Today is a leading publication that informs safety professionals of the trends, management strategies, regulatory updates, and daily news that helps them create safe and healthy work sites. Dave oversees all content for the company's print magazines, websites, digital products, social media outlets, awards programs, and annual safety leadership conference, which really gives him a unique perspective on the evolution of EHS and how safety and security leaders are affected by and adapting to industry shifts. Let's get into the discussion. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the show. Can you give us a high-level overview of EHS Today and the audience that you serve? Sure. Thanks, Peter, for having me on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about what I do and talk about workplace safety. So the mission of EHS Today is to help safety leaders do their jobs better. So our readers are safety professionals. They're the people whose job it is to protect every employee in their company and every visitor to their facility. So it could be an office building, it could be a production plant, it could be a warehouse, a construction site. All those are places where people need to be protected. Well, the attention to safety really has changed over the years. So in your position and with your tenure, you must have seen a lot of changes in the industry over the years. So how has EHS evolved in response? So historically, you know, workplace safety meant keeping people safe, physically safe, from harm. Increasingly, the role of the EHS professional, it's really taken on the mantle of psychological and social and emotional and other types of harm that workers might face because EHS today has been around for a real long time. So the topics that we've covered, we haven't gotten away from the traditional things, you know, regulatory compliance and personal protective equipment and industrial hygiene and fall protection, as important now as they've ever have been. But we also cover a lot of other responsibilities that now are on the, the safety professionals to-do list, the responsibilities like mental health awareness and diversity, equity, and inclusion and sustainability and ESG and all the new technologies that are increasingly important, like artificial intelligence and analytics, the automation that just is taking over in manufacturing and in warehousing. So safety professionals kind of have to know a little bit about all of that, and they're being asked to know a lot more about all of that. And have you found that, generally speaking, these safety professionals have to learn all these new things and be responsible for them? Or are they also getting expanded staffs to specialize in certain areas? <laughs> Great question. I would go with the former rather than the latter because the role of the safety leader is expanding. That's, that's a given. Their staff size, in other words, people who are working specifically in safety, I don't think that's really expanding at all. What we are seeing, though, is a greater concentration of, of kind of trying to share responsibilities a little bit. So now what we're seeing is they're trying to be, get more knowledgeable and 
more of a teamwork aspect with working with the production staffs and with supply chain and even work, working with procurement and finance and some of the other, maybe not so traditional, you don't really think of safety and finance working closely together, but I go to a lot of trade shows and conferences, and I just hear that it's becoming more a vital capability for safety people to really kind of learn how to speak the language of finance. So if you want to get a larger budget, if you want to get more people on your staff, you better be able to explain to senior management, hey, this is why safety needs to take on, you know, we need a bigger budget and this is why, and this is how we'll not only save you money, but we'll also help the company make more money. So that's where safety is is evolving. Yeah, it sounds like you have to know a little about a lot and then develop your network within your organization and your community to know who to bring in when something pops up or more depth is required. Exactly. Well, what are some of the common challenges that you're hearing from EHS professionals today? There are a lot of challenges. <laughs> Every year, we conduct an annual survey of the EHS Today audience. Number one theme I would say for 2022 was doing more with less. Their biggest challenge is how do you protect your people? And how do you take on the expanded role of an EHS professional? with fewer people, fewer resources. And it may not be fewer resources or fewer people, but you're not seeing a larger budget. You're not seeing, we're gonna hire 10 more people for your area. It's, well, in, in 2023, we're gonna ask you to do pretty much the same thing you did in 2022. But, oh, by the way, we're getting asked more about sustainability. Maybe can you take that on? Or, oh, by the way, you know, mental health, drug use and overdoses and th those sorts of problems, they're getting to be a bigger problem. And HR just can't take on anymore right now. Can you take on some of that? So safety challenges of all shapes and sizes, the biggest challenge would be doing more with less. What are some other common challenges that uh, EHS professionals are seeing out there? One of the biggest challenges right now is the state of the workers' well-being or wellness, you're not just being asked to sign out every morning to every worker, their, their helmets and their gloves and their boots. How do you protect them from themselves in some cases? You know, if they, if they have a, a substance abuse problem or a mental health situation, how do you protect them from gender bias? How do you protect them from harassment at the workplace? There's a situation in the workplace where you're the only member of a, a particular sector, or maybe you might be the only woman in a, a group of 20 men, or you might be a member of the LGBTQ community. And if you have a different religion from everybody else or a different ethnicity from everybody else, how does that impact your safety? If you don't feel safe coming to work, how does that impact you and how does that impact the company? So these are, these are the sorts of things that are, you know, psychological and social challenges. And many safety people are, are kind of asking all the time, how am I supposed to know how to deal with all this? They didn't train me on, on diversity and equity and inclusion. They didn't train me on mental health awareness. How do I, how do I get smarter at this? How do I get better? How do I help protect my work? So, yeah, I'd say the continuing education for safety professionals is as important 
as training a worker on how to use equipment properly. And that's why you guys do what you do to help people get that continuing education. Well, are there any other big challenges you're seeing out there? Maybe one more to talk about. I, I would say the whole idea of employee engagement. If you don't have an engaged workforce, well, then it's going to be hard to keep everybody safe because that means they're not paying attention to you. That means they don't respect you. That means they don't think that what you have to say is that important, or it could be that they, you know, we, we've done it this way for a hundred years and there's no reason why somebody should come in here and tell us to do something differently. And that, that takes on so many different elements. It could take on trying to introduce technology into the workplace, whether it's, you know, using wearables or sensors or some sort of a software program. It could be training, you know, virtual reality is, is really becoming popular. So I would say that just employee engagement as an issue gets harder and harder when the workforce just keeps constricting and it's harder to find people, it's harder to train them, hard, harder to retain them. How do you get better at making the workplace itself a place where people want to be? Well, it seems to me like employee engagement and being successful there requires senior management buy-in. If it's not coming from the top down, then people just aren't going to do it. So I'm curious, did that come up on the survey as well? Do people still struggle with getting senior management buy-in? Absolutely. But if you do it with the idea that there is a distinct and definite return on investment from doing things more safely. In other words, we're going to have lower worker comp costs. We're going to have fewer people getting injured. We're going to have fewer, you know, hopefully we'll have zero fatalities. We'll have better retention. We'll have more people coming to work every day. So you don't have to worry about hiring so many temp workers. You can actually, and I've, I've seen this, a number of presentations where this has been laid out, the use of whether it's technology or different processes or different ways of assigning people to different tasks, you can actually demonstrate the safer a company operates, the more productive and the more profitable they are. So that ultimately is, I think, where the safety profession is headed. And it seems to me that the game is not focusing on the individual tasks of which there are hundreds of thousands, millions. You can't think of every one and how you're supposed to do it safer. You've got to step up a level and really focus on the culture of the company. It's got to be a culture of safety. So then when that driver shows up at that yellow light, they say, no, no, the company backs me. I'm going to slow down. It's going to be okay if I'm 60 seconds late. Like that's totally fine. If you're focusing on the task, you lose. If you focus on the culture, you're going to win overall. Uh, I 100% agree with all of that. Well, I understand that EHS Today also facilitates America's Safest Companies Awards. What kind of trends do you see across America's Safest Companies? You just answered that, that question a minute ago with your statement, Peter. Uh, <laughs> that is exactly what the America's Safest Company Award, more than 20 years we've been doing it now. We've tried to find companies who do exactly that, who have instituted a culture of safety where it's okay to say, I'm going to stop the production line right now because we're doing things that are unsafe and that, you know, you're not in a situation where you're worrying about being a whistleblower and say, you shut down the production line twice last year, we were going to have to let you go. That's not a culture of safety. That's a culture of the exact antithesis of safety. Basically, what we're trying to get to is how do you develop a culture where your workers come in and they know that they're being measured 
not just on how many widgets they they produce or how close to deadline they finished a project, but how well they did it from this a safety perspective. Who actually is responsible for safety? Is it just the safety director or is it every individual in that company and takes ownership of their own safety? Do they also take ownership of safety for their community? We talked a little bit, but sustainability is is one of those topics that is also becoming a lot more prevalent in safety circles because you're talking about, you know, that's the E in EHS, the environment part. How do you keep people safe from outside forces, whether it's environmental disasters or waste and all sorts of different chemical problems or water problems or air problems? You know, how do you keep the environment itself safe? So that's not just, you know, one person coming in wearing a, wearing a mask during the day. It's, it's the entire community. And, you know, people live in the communities where they work. So you're, you're not just keeping yourself safe. You're keeping your family safe. You're keeping your, your friends and entire community safe. Well, it's great that mentality is shifting. Yeah. Well, you've read, researched, and developed a ton of safety content this year. So before we wrap up, what really excites you the most from a health and safety perspective as we get further into 2023? One thing that really excites me about what we're doing at EHS today is we just launched a new initiative called EHS Education. And that's at ehseducation.com. So we, we look at things like risk management and regulatory compliance and health and well-being, developing a, a safety culture, things like that. So there are courses that you can take on our website, some that we've developed, some in partnership with some other really good firms that, that help safety professionals gain certification or just gain basic knowledge in other areas. What really excites me is that that is where safety people are right now in their, in their careers. One thing that really encourages me for 2023, it would be that as the pandemic recedes, we're seeing that people getting more interested in getting back out and networking and, and just talking to other groups and sharing their common experiences, what's worked, what didn't work. That's really what I really love most about this, the job that I have as the editor of EHS Today is getting to talk to people who are willing to share what's worked for them. I think that's, that's ultimately where we're headed is, is getting safety messages more clearly enunciated throughout the whole industry. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being on the show and for all the valuable content you create with EHS Today. Where can our audience connect with you? Absolutely. So the website, ehstoday.com. If you want to contact me directly by email, it's dblanchard at endeavorb2b.com. I'm also on LinkedIn if you want to find me there. Any of those ways would be, would be fine. Well, thanks again, Dave. And thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. Please subscribe and follow the show if you haven't already. And don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.